well, as Count Dracula would say, welcome. This is The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have uh, over three hours of some of the very best in jazz music to present to you, as we do every Monday night from CITR. And our jazz feature, of course, is an important part of the show. We have all kinds of music after the jazz feature uh, to play for you, and we will be doing that. But we'd like to get to the jazz feature right away because that's how we kick off our show. How many out there know who Charles Jagelka is? Right? Who's that? Charles Jagalka. Yeah. None. I'm sure that, uh, uh, well, maybe somebody out there might, might know a person by that name, but uh, not likely. And what, what does it have to do with jazz music? Well, that is the birth name of one of the finest modern jazz guitarists. He changed his name because no one could uh, pronounce his, uh, his name. He was born in New York City of uh, Czech ancestry, and um, he decided um, when he became a professional musician that he would change his name to something a little more simple, and he became Chuck Wayne. And, of course, one of the most revered guitarists in jazz. Now, one of the problems with Chuck Wayne was that he didn't make a lot of albums under his own name. And so, therefore, when you talk about guitar players, you're going to talk about Barney Kessel, Jim Hall, Wes Montgomery, Grant Green, George Benson, uh, Julian Lodge, Peter Bernstein, uh, Herb Ellis, Jimmy Rainey, Johnny Smith, guys like that. Chuck Wayne. Oh, yeah, he's there, too. Well, Chuck Wayne um, was one of the most important uh, guitarists and actually one of the early pioneers of modern jazz. He was one of the first people uh, to um, adapt and play in the style of the new modernists who included Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, Thelonious Monk, Bud Powell, all those people. He adapted that to the guitar. And it's very interesting because most guitar players own uh, own Charlie Christian a debt, and of course he died in the early 40s, but he was kind of the pioneer of modern jazz guitar, and most um, guitarists that followed him um, have been influenced by him in one way or another, the same as uh, the great bassist Jimmy Blanton. But Chuck Wayne came out of the Army in about 1944, and like a lot of young men, uh, Chuck was born in New York, so he was familiar with the city, and he knew when he got out of the armed forces uh, that where all the jazz was being played, and that was on 52nd Street. It was full of clubs at that time, and you could go down there and hear just about anybody, from Art Tatum to Errol Garner to Charlie Parker to Dizzy Gillespie to... Uh, ben Webster to Don Bias, um, just everybody was down there because there were tons of clubs on 52nd Street. 
and they were uh, converted brownstones, and uh, and they were converted into into small intimate nightclubs. And this is this is where, um, except for Harlem, this is where modern jazz was played in New York, Fifty Second Street. And so young Chuck Wayne went down there, and of course he was um, a pretty competent guitar player. Until he heard Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie, and he was totally mesmerized by the music, totally. And uh, he went home to his uh, parents' home, where he had his own room, and, and, and tried to play what he heard. And he would go back again to 52nd Street. He'd take a little notebook with him and write down chord progressions, write down phrases, and, and he'd take them home and, he, and, and practice them. And nothing worked. He wanted to play like Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie, like the music he heard. And, and he couldn't do it on the guitar. And he finally actually, he actually gave it up and um, figured the guitar just isn't suitable for this kind of music. Man, I'm going to take up, I can read music. I'm pretty good. I'm going to take up, I like the saxophone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the saxophone. So he did that for a little while, got frustrated with the saxophone, went back to the guitar and slowly figured out a way how to play this music. Eventually, he headed down to the street, 52nd Street, and began sitting in, and he was heard by Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker, and he was invited to uh, a couple of their recording sessions. And he became one of the very first people to play modern jazz on the guitar. Chuck, of course, went on to play with Woody Herman's band, which was a, a modern band uh, of the time, especially in the late 40s. And he played with all kinds of people, uh, did all kinds of jamming with people that were in Herman's band, like Stan Getz and Zoot Sims and Serge Chaloff and all these great uh, modern jazz musicians. Chuck Wayne later went on to... Uh, he didn't really care for the music business. He, he saw the, you know, it's like music businesses run sometimes a little bit like boxing. You know, there's a lot of very flaky people uh, that run the business side of music, if you can call it that. And Chuck was pretty discouraged with that. And, and uh, um, he actually booked himself into uh, some very high-end clubs in New York, supper clubs. There were a lot of them at the time, and played solo guitar. Uh, he played classical um, guitar extremely well, all this kind of stuff, and uh, really wasn't on the so-called jazz scene a lot. But because of his history in, uh, with uh, Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie and Woody Herman, he was held in the highest esteem by guitar players, and they would seek him out. They would find people like... Uh, Grant Green, Wes Montgomery, Jim Hall, they would, they would go to where Chuck was playing and, and, and listen to him because the, that's how much they respected him. So that is one of the reasons why we are featuring this album because this is, uh, for the last couple of months, we're featuring musicians that have been operating a little bit under the radar, and Chuck Wayne is one of them because, um, as I said, he's held in, in really high esteem, but really he's not that well-known even by uh, connoisseurs of, of the guitar. And all these other people I mentioned are, are much better known than Chuck Wayne. But we're going to hear Chuck Wayne on one of his rare albums. This is a very good album. It was done in 1963. And um, it was basically, um, um, it was done for the f a small 
um, subsidiary of, of Atlantic Records called Focus. And Chuck uh, had carte blanche. He could do anything he, he wanted to. So he picked uh, two musicians um, on bass and drums to accompany him and uh, played a whole selection of tunes. This is interesting because not only does Chuck play the guitar on here, he plays on three of the tunes the six-string banjo. Now, everybody knows what a banjo sounds like until you hear an artist like Chuck Wayne play it, and you'll realize that it is quite a magnificent instrument. Most people think of the banjo as being something, uh, you know, you just do at picnics and and family reunions and sing songs and accompany yourself with it. But it is, uh, um, can be, in the hands of a great artist, a wonderful, um, legitimate instrument. Now, there's a young uh, banjo player that's out on the scene today, Bella Fleck, who is extremely popular. And uh, he was very much influenced by hearing Chuck Wayne play the six-string banjo. And uh, Bella Fleck is no slouch either. So there you go. So Chuck's accompanists uh, on this very fine album called Tapestry. Uh, Ernie Furtado is the bassist and a very fine drummer by the name of Jimmy Campbell. And Chuck, of course, we're going to hear him on guitar and uh, on several tunes, and I'll tell you which, on the six-string banjo. So the tunes... And the music I think you're going to find is uh, really easy listening uh, in the best sense of the word. And um, you'll, you'll hear just this magnificent artistry of Chuck Wayne. Chuck um, had a pretty good long life. He was born February 27th, 1923 in New York City. And he died at age 74 after a, an illness. Uh, in July of 1997, and he still remains a great legend of the guitar. All right, the tunes. There are actually 11 of them on this album, and none of them are very long. They're all, they all say their say and get the hell out of there. So the tunes, we begin with a kind of a gospel-flavored tune written by Chuck Wayne to open the set. Perfect opener. It's called Thank the Lord. Then the second tune is a very familiar tune that, uh, to jazz guys, and it's softly as in a morning sunrise. And then tune number three is a traditional tune, usually heard around Christmas time, and, and Chuck switches to the six-string banjo on this, and it's a great little arrangement of green sleeves. Tune number four is Thelonious Monk's most famous tune. He's back on the guitar again. And the tune, of course, is Round Midnight. Then Chuck Wayne moves to another original. Tune number five is called Ladies' Love Song. Then we move to another Wayne original called A Skaterine. Whatever that means. Maybe something in Czech. I don't know. That's tune number six. And then a, a lovely Richard Rogers tune called Loads of Love. Then another Chuck Wayne original called Down the Road. And then a very familiar tune written by Duke Ellington, maybe one of his most familiar, Satin Doll. Then we're going to hear uh, Chuck's arrangement of My Favorite Things, which is tune number 10. And the final tune, he's back to the six-string banjo once again, and he's going to do a rendition of Green Dolphin Street, another great jazz standard. 
So that's the repertoire. Those are the tunes. This is Chuck Wayne, accompanied by Ernie Furtado on bass and Jimmy Campbell on drums. And we open with Chuck's tune, Thank the Lord. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
<laughs> well, we were going to start it all over again because it was so good, but uh, um, that was it. That's the album called Tapestry, and the artist in question was the great late Chuck Wayne, one of the masters of jazz guitar, and actually one of the first um, people to uh, adapt to the ways of uh the modern jazz pioneers like Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie and Thelonious Monk and Bud Powell and all those people. And Chuck Wayne was one of the earliest modern jazz guitar players. And, of course, he did record with uh, uh, Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker and, of course, went on to play with Woody Herman's band and did all kinds of uh, studio work. He taught, um, was a, a fine classical guitarist as well, and uh, unfortunately, never recorded a lot of things under his own name. And this is one of his uh, finest albums, and it's a really nice portrait of uh, Chuck Wayne. He sort of had carte blanche on this uh, recording, which was done for the Focus label, uh, which was a subsidiary of uh, Atlantic Records. And uh, Chuck recorded this in 1963. He passed away in uh, 1997. He was 74 years old. And uh, Chuck uh, picked his uh, favorite players. Ernie Furtado was the bassist, 
and Jimmy Campbell was the drummer. And uh, we heard Chuck in full glory on all of these tunes, including a whole bunch of originals by him and, of course, uh, familiar tunes as well. We heard 11 tunes on this album, and we opened with the gospel-flavored Thank the Lord. That, uh, that kicked everything off um, in a very fine fashion. And then we went to uh, his version of the great standard tune by Romberg and Hammerstein, Softly as in a Morning Sunrise. Then Greensleeves, a big surprise, because Chuck switched to the six-string banjo. And, of course, you know, we think of the banjo as kind of an instrument for, uh, well, you know, it is played well, but uh, not, not in jazz music, really, except when a great artist picks it up like Chuck Wayne and, and delivers uh, a beautiful sound on that instrument. And he gave us uh, the, um, usually it's heard around Christmas time, but uh, traditional uh, English folk song, Greensleeves, his own little arrangement of it, played on the six-string banjo. Then we move from there to a, a very moving version of Thelonious Monk's Round Midnight. And then uh, an original by Chuck Wayne, the Bossa Nova feel, called Ladies Love Song. And then another um, Chuck Wayne original called A Skaterine. And then uh, Richard Rogers' tune, fun tune by Mr. Rogers, called Loads of Love. And then another Chuck Wayne original called Down the Road, kind of bluesy. Then we move to Duke Ellington's, uh, one of his most famous tunes, Satin Doll. And then the Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, favorite, My Favorite Things. (laughs) So that's a favorite of his favorite things. Yeah, whatever. And the final tune, he switched again to the six-string banjo and delivered uh, a great version of On Green Dolphin Street, of course, which is written by Bronislaw Caper and became a jazz standard played by everyone. So a little bit of the artistry and the innovations uh, of Chuck Wayne. Um, It's very interesting. If you uh, go on your computer and go to uh, 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 Wikipedia and um, check out Chuck Wayne, just Google Chuck Wayne, and you'll see a wonderful uh, technical, especially if you are a guitar player or a student of the guitar, a wonderful technical analysis of the things that Chuck Wayne accomplished on the guitar. Um, you listen to this music, of course, it all sounds so easy and, and, and is wonderful because that's the sign of a great artist. But um, the fact is that uh, he was a great pioneer on some very, very innovative techniques on the guitar. And that's why when he played in um, very high-end supper clubs in New York, uh, very often, the people in the audience were people like Wes Montgomery, um, George Benson, uh, <laughs> Grant Green, Jim Hall. All these great guitarists would uh, uh, flock to hear Chuck Wayne and listen to his uh, incredible artistry on the guitar. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed the jazz feature this evening. Uh, we'll be back in a very few moments. We have uh, a few um, announcements and the usual stuff to uh, do. We'd like to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on uh, CITR. And 
CITR, of course, broadcasts at 101.9 on your FM dial. And, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we shall return in a few moments. Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. I phased it. I have Alzheimer's disease. My diagnosis has let me get on with my life my way. The more we learned about my grandfather's dementia, the more we could face the future and make plans. My husband, Tom, and I spoke to our doctor right away. I have Alzheimer's, but it doesn't have me. I faced it. So can you. For more information about early diagnosis, visit alzheimer.ca. All right, we're back, and uh, we're going to switch gears here and play some music from a wonderful album called uh, Exploring the Future. And this band uh, existed on the West Coast. They never did travel outside of Los Angeles and, and uh, uh, surrounding areas, but it, it was, the band was formed by bassist Curtis Counts. Uh, Curtis died quite young in, in 1963, but he put together this band, and they recorded a whole bunch of albums for contemporary records that were not reflective of West Coast jazz. Now, West Coast jazz was, was generally laid back and um, involved a lot of uh, arranging and, and uh, great playing and, and everything else. But uh, this band really reflected what was happening on the East Coast. So it was untypical. And, of course, when the records hit the market, a lot of people, um, they were issued on the contemporary label, which was one of the finest record labels ever. And uh, in terms of sound and production and and everything else, um, but people were used to buying contemporary records that reflected West Coast jazz. And, And when they heard this band, uh, it was like, oh, what's this? Uh, <laughs> you know, so the records, uh, unfortunately, uh, they're, they're classics now, but at the time they were kind of uh, rejected by a lot of the listeners that wanted to hear that kind of softer California-style West Coast jazz rather than the hard-driving uh, stuff that was coming out of New York. And this is what this band um, really uh, 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 played out of that style, the New York style. And uh, they, as I said, they recorded for contemporary records, and their final recording was done in April of 1958. What happened, of course, was the um, their trumpeter had uh, left. Their original trumpeter was the great Jack Sheldon, and uh, he had left the band for uh, Greener Pastures, and their piano player, the late great Carl Perkins, not the not the country and western guy, the African American uh, jazz pianist, Carl Perkins, unfortunately uh, died of a heroin overdose, and that was a big blow to uh, Curtis Counts. 
but he um, recruited two more people for this final recording, which came out on a small label called Dutone Records, which was owned by um, which was owned by uh, African American uh, Dootsy Williams, and he ran the label. and And of course, they they um, uh, the bulk of their recording, they did some jazz, but the bulk of their recording was more R&B stuff, uh, good stuff, and uh, comedy recordings featuring very early recordings by such people as, uh, as Red Fox. Anyway, this album was one of their great jazz albums, and it was the final um, album by the Curtis Counts Quintet with uh, the new, two new members in the band, Swedish trumpeter Rolf Erickson took Jack Sheldon's place, and the great Elmo Hope took Carl Perkins' place. And, of course, the other people were uh, Frank Butler on drums, one of the best drummers in the world, uh, acknowledged by many people, and Harold Land, the great Harold Land on tenor saxophone, and, of course, Curtis Counts on bass. So this album, Exploring the Future, came out on the Dutone label, and we're going to hear some tracks from that album right now. Um, the recording quality, of course, isn't as good as uh, contemporary records because they were, they were just some of the finest uh, um, recording quality. There's a little bit of distortion on the trumpet. The trumpet's a little bit too uh, close to the mic and slightly distorted, but not in a bad way. And uh, we hear how great Rolf Erickson was on, on trumpet. So we're going to hear some tunes from this album, Exploring the Future. We're going to hear um, an opening track, which is, uh, was composed by Elmo Hope. And it's a, a kind of a lyrical original, nice and relaxed thing called So Nice. And then we're going to move to some rare tracks that actually were not on the original album and, and have been discovered later. And the, the rare tracks are... To follow, there's three of them. The, the first of the rare tracks is a tune written by pianist Duke Jordan called Forecast. Then we're going to hear a Charlie Parker original called Chasing the Bird. And the final track is going to be a great version of Denzel Best's Move, which features an amazing drum solo by Frank Butler. So, a bunch of tunes by the Curtis Counts Quintet. Curtis Counts on bass, Harold Land, tenor saxophone, Elmo Hope on piano, Rolf Erickson on trumpet, and the great Frank Butler on drums. Beginning with So Nice.
Well, we heard a bunch of tunes, and um, I have to apologize for a couple of the uh, weird skips on there, but uh, sometimes our sensitive CD players uh, do things like that, and uh, there's nothing wrong with the CD, but um, sometimes, you know, these things happened, and uh, rather than stop and do the whole thing over again, I just decided to uh, continue. So uh, there was a, a couple of um, little skips in uh, that uh, selection of tunes, but uh, we played them anyway, and you heard the uh, the uh, the bulk of these uh, very rare tracks from this uh, actually this rare album called Exploring the Future, and um, it was done in uh, April of 1958 in in Los Angeles, and it was the final recording by the Curtis Counts Quintet. Uh, he disbanded after that, uh, played a few gigs, and that was the end of the band, and they all went their separate ways. And uh, Counts went on to uh, play um, studio work and, and uh, with vocalists and, and so on and so forth, and died of a, a premature heart attack in 1963, a very, very fine bassist, and one of the few uh, African-American musicians who... Uh, uh, entered into the West Coast jazz scene, which was primarily uh, um, Caucasian, and uh, Curtis was one of the few African-American musicians who played with everybody, uh, made all kinds of recordings. But he uh, formed this quintet to play the hard-driving music that he um, actually preferred, and uh, this band was one of the uh, sort of unsung uh, great bands of the West Coast. Curtis Counts, the leader on bass. Harold Land, the great Harold Land on tenor saxophone. Rolf Erickson, very fine Swedish trumpeter. And Elmo Hope, the late, great Elmo Hope on piano. And Frank Butler, one of the most phenomenal drummers ever. And um, we heard uh, four tunes. We opened with Elmo Hope's uh, composition, nice relaxed thing called So Nice. And then we moved to, uh, the first tune was Duke Jordan's um, forecast, and then we moved to uh, Charlie Parker's Chasing the Bird, and the final tune was Denzel Best's great classic Move, featuring this uh, amazing drum solo by Frank Butler. So despite the skips, I hope you enjoyed the music of the Curtis Counts Quintet, and we shall return right after telling you that uh, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. And uh, we're also on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and after these uh, salient messages, we shall return with some fine music by Eastern Rebellion, a great band. Do you like friends? Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special, it gets you all kinds of deals with our friends downtown, like 10% off at Bang On T-shirts, Beat Street Records, Studio Records, Community Thrift and Vintage, The Fall Tattooing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest. Show your love for Discord and Magazine at our fundraiser at the Anza Club on Saturday, April 23rd. 
you at one epic night planned with performances by Frog Eyes, Weird Candles, The Back Homes, Malcolm Jack, and Experience This, with special guest DJs and MCs to keep you dancing. There will also be a silent auction and a sale of exclusive back issues of Discorder Magazine from the 1980s to now, with all proceeds supporting the publication and printing costs of your free, independent Discorder Magazine. Tickets are $10 for CITR members, $15 in advance on brownpapertickets.com, or $18 at the door. Head over to discorder.ca for all the information. about the weather, the weather, unbelievably beautiful today, and it's going to be that way tomorrow as well, and right through until Wednesday, so if you can get out there, really enjoy it, summer's here, at least for a few days, Uh, tomorrow of course, and Wednesday, both sunny, highs between 22 and 28, and lows hovering around 10 and 11 for Tuesday and Wednesday. And tonight, of course, is clear. Thursday, things change a little bit. It's going to be cloudy on Thursday with a 40% chance of a shower with a low of 11 and a high of 17. Then Friday, just about the same, cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower, a little sprinkle here and there with a low of 12 and a high of 18. Then the weekend for Saturday and Sunday, cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower, lows between 8 and 9, and highs around 14 or 15. So a bit of a downturn for the weekend. So enjoy it while you can. Um, Today, well, today, uh, (laughs) tomorrow, and, and Wednesday. One of the finest bands put together was uh, with pianist Cedar Walton. And his band was called, um, he had his own other projects as well, but this uh, particular group was called Eastern Rebellion. And it was funny because it was created in the mid-70s, and it, it definitely was not avant-garde uh, jazz. It wasn't reflective of what, say, John Coltrane was doing and uh, other musicians like, um, well, people, Archie Shep and and some of the more uh, so-called avant-garde musicians. This was uh, pretty straightforward jazz. And I think Cedar sort of had a, you know, Cedar Walton had a, a, a bit of an ironic uh, thing in mind when he called it Eastern Rebellion. But still, it was an absolutely great band. And one of their finest albums is um, this one that we're going to hear right now because the band consisted of the great and still with us and still performing um, just a couple of days ago in New York City, George Coleman, George Coleman Sr. on tenor saxophone, Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And this was the initial recording of Eastern Rebellion. The personnel 
um, changed uh, over the over the years. Uh, the next saxophone player was my good friend Bob Berg, and uh, then uh, the final saxophone player in this band was uh, was Ralph Moore, but um, George Coleman was the first one. And he is in magnificent form on this album. This is just one of the great jazz albums, as far as I'm concerned. And we're going to hear three tunes. We open with Cedar Walton's composition called Bolivia, and then this wonderful version of John Coltrane's great tune dedicated to his, written for his uh, first wife, um, Naima, and, of course, called Naima. And the final tune is written by uh, George Coleman, and it's called Simply... 5-4 thing, and uh, the feel on it is just magnificent. So here are these three tunes from this great band, Eastern Rebellion.
Yes, well, we have some wonderful music by, of course, a band called Eastern Rebellion. And uh, this band is uh, led by pianist Cedar Walton. And we heard three tunes from this wonderful album. This was their first album. Of course, Cedar was recording with his own quartet and doing other things. But this particular band had a very special kind of um, concept and sound. And I think um, because it existed in the 70s when um, a lot of uh, uh, jazz music was either uh, fusion or really avant-garde, music like this was um, a little bit rare in the 70s. Of course, it did make a big comeback in the 80s, but straight-ahead kind of jazz music, um, which was the aim of this particular band, and of course uh, done so beautifully. This is such a a wonderful uh, organic recording. Uh, Recorded in New York City in December of 1975, and we heard, of course, the great and still living George Coleman on tenor saxophone, one of the true masters of music and one of the true living giants of jazz, really. Sam Jones, the late Sam Jones on bass, and the late Billy Higgins on drums, and of course the leader Cedar Walton, the late Cedar Walton on piano. We opened with um, one of Cedar's most uh, played compositions and one of his most charming, uh, a piece of music called Bolivia. Then we moved to John Coltrane's beautiful uh, composition dedicated to his first wife, Naima. And the final tune was written by George Coleman, and it's called Five-Four Thing, an unpretentious title for uh, a tune which is um, not exactly easy to play, but the band got such a, a great feel on that 5-4 uh, uh, groove. It was uh, just so easy and, and, uh, and wonderful. All right, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR, FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. I'd just like to, I'm going to repeat, um, earlier on we played some music by the Curtis Counts Quintet, and there were some, there were some skips in the CD, and I'm, I'm actually going to do something fairly unprecedented. I checked it out and, and um, uh, put, put the CD in another CD player, 
and uh, it doesn't skip. So <laughs> I've got my fingers crossed. I'm going to play you the two tracks that we played earlier, um, and uh, this, this should be the complete tracks with no uh, um, upsetting skips in the music. And we're going to hear that in just a minute. But I'd, I'd like to tell you uh, about a couple of great websites that uh, you should check out. And, of course, they're jazz websites. And one of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And that's coastaljazz.ca. Everything is on that site, including uh, the schedule down at uh, Frankie's Italian Kitchen, of course, which has become Vancouver's uh, premier jazz club. And um, uh, there's great music down there throughout Wednesday right through to Sunday and uh, with some fine bands playing in that uh, uh, venue. And, of course, it's down on Beattie Street. And the schedule is on the Coastal Jazz and Blues website. You can actually make reservations. You can do all that kind of stuff. Uh, Again, and, of course, concerts coming up not only with the... um, Uh, jazz festival, but uh, there's some other pre-jazz festival concerts that are uh, that are coming up too, and um, you want to find out about them very easily, get onto that website, coastaljazz.ca. And of course, another fine website is Brian Nason's website. He's the administrator of vancouverjazz.com. So both those websites are quite comprehensive. And, uh, and very important for you to uh, check out and find out uh, what's happening around the various venues uh, here in Vancouver. And uh, they're, they're very comprehensive. So that's coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. And uh, one more brief thing, my good friend uh, Ken Speller, who lives in the 13th and Lonsdale area of North Vancouver, is a wonderful musician. He's a teacher. He'll come around to your house. Uh, he, he has a business called uh, Music at Home, where he'll come around to your house and teach you how to play the clarinet, the flute, uh, or the saxophone, and advise you on uh, what um, quality instruments to buy. Another thing that Ken does is repair work on all of those instruments, and he's really a top-notch repairman. And he doesn't charge an arm and a leg because... His workshop is right in his home, so he doesn't have that that kind of overhead um, that most repair people have because uh, they're dealing with a store and you know high taxes and overhead and all that kind of stuff. So Ken keeps his prices very reasonable, and if you need repairs on on your instruments, uh, he is world class, and uh, he can be reached at seven seven eight eight hundred. 1933 1933 that's by a telephone or k k s p e l underscore 14 at yahoo.ca k speller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca okay we're going to uh, return to two pieces of music that uh, had unfortunate skips in them by this great band uh, from the West Coast, as I mentioned before, this was their final recording called Exploring the Future. And um, Curtis Counts on bass is the leader. Wonderful bassist, uh, died far too soon. He was young, died in 1963. 
but he put this great band together to kind of reflect the music that he wanted to play, which was kind of hard-driving uh, East Coast jazz, even though they were based in L.A. and never traveled to the East. Um, they, had that, they played in that style. Curtis Counts on bass with the great Harold Land on tenor saxophone, Swedish trumpeter Rolf Erickson, Elmo Hope, the great Elmo Hope on piano, and the amazing Frank Butler on drums. We're going to hear two tunes. The first one is Duke Jordan's Forecast, and the second tune is Charlie Parker's great tune called Chasing the Bird. So this is a repeat, and hopefully with no skips. Here we go. Thank you. 
Okay. <laughs> Those of you that were listening uh, uh, earlier, of course, uh, will hear <laughs> heard the uh, full version of these tunes without the uncomfortable skips that happened. I just merely uh, switched CD players, and some of our um, high-quality uh, players are very, very sensitive to little things on the CD. So I switched to another player, and uh, we heard it without any skips. So I just thought I would uh, do something that I don't normally do, is uh, repeat some music um, that I played earlier. So we heard the full versions of Forecast was the first tune written by Duke Jordan, pianist Duke Jordan, and the second tune was written by Charlie Parker, and it was called Chasing the Bird. And the people involved here, the Curtis Counts Quintet, with Mr. Counts, on bass, leading the band with uh, Harold Land on tenor saxophone, Rolf Erickson on trumpet, Elmo Hope on piano, and Frank Butler on drums, all recorded in April of 1958, their final recording that they did for a small Los Angeles label, which was run by an African-American gentleman by the name of Dootsy Williams, and he called the label Dutone Records. And um, this is an album called Exploring the Future. All right, we're going to change the pace right now, but uh, right after a couple of important messages, and uh, we shall return. I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 on your dial, and, uh, of course, on the web, www.citr.ca. And we shall return with some music by a wonderful Canadian musician by the name of Alex Goodman, a wonderful guitarist and a complete change of pace in musical styles, too. Do you like Friends? Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special... It gets you all kinds of deals with our friends downtown, like 10% off at Bang On T-Shirts, Beat Street Records, Studio Records, Community Thrift and Vintage, The Fall Tattooing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest. When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 blah. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help, and all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. All right. This gentleman is, uh, lives in the Toronto area, and he has a wonderful album out called Border Crossing. And he's guitarist Alex Goodman. Alex plays the electric and acoustic guitar. And this album is... Um, 
as I mentioned before, very different from what we've been listening to uh, throughout the jazz show this evening, and uh, very different style, and some wonderful music here, very creative uh, music, and this album, Border Crossing, is uh, worth listening to. You can check it out at uh, www.alexgoodmanmusic.com. That's the way to uh, find out more about this album and how to purchase it and all that sort of stuff. All one word, www.alexgoodmanmusic.com. As I mentioned before, Alex plays the electric and acoustic guitar. Felicity Williams uh, does the voice. Michael Davidson on vibraphone, Andrew Downing on bass and cello, and uh, Rogerio Bacciato on percussion. And we're going to hear a composition by Alex Goodman called Acrobat. So uh, sit back and enjoy this. It's very different music, and uh, I know you'll enjoy it. Exactly that. 
we heard two pieces of music. One, the first one was by guitarist Alex Goodman, and that was from his uh, latest album called Border Crossing, and that can be obtained by just going on the web, alexgoodmanmusic.com. And uh, we heard Alex on acoustic and electric guitar with Felicity Williams on voice, uh, Michael Davidson on vibraphone, Andrew Downing on bass, and Rogerio Bachato on percussion. And um, this piece of music written by Alex Goodman, who uh, resides in, uh, in Toronto, um, was called Acrobat. So we heard that first, and the second piece of music was by the great Canadian trumpeter Kenny Wheeler, who was uh, born in Toronto, Ontario, passed away a couple of years ago. Wonderful musician, wonderful composer. This was uh, one of his tunes called Mark Time, and it featured uh, Kenny on uh, trumpet with the late John Taylor on piano, Furio Ducastri on bass, and Jola Barbara on drums. Mark Time from uh, Kenny Wheeler's album All the More. We'll be right back. You are listening to CITR 101.9 on your FM dial or on the computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we'll return with um, Eddie Cleanhead Vinson, a great singer, composer, and alto saxophonist as well. Hey, don't so sad. Nothing, really. (laughs) Not very convincing, Jane girl. Whatever it is, I've got just the cure for it. One, two, three, four. Did you know CITR has a women's collective? This brand new collective is all about providing and fostering a community for women who are or who want to be in radio, fighting the gender disparity in media, and centering women's voices and issues. If you are a female-identified person or ally who's already involved in radio or wants somewhere to start, this collective is for you. Email womenscollective at citr.ca for more information and to get involved. And tune in Friday at 6 p.m. for the collective show Lady Radio, featuring music, interviews, events, news, commentary. Basically anything we care to talk about. See you then. Well, how do you like it? There's only one word for it. Terrific. (laughs) You know, I'm so proud of it. It's almost indecent of me. Hey, you. Who, me? Where you think you're going? To the flea. What flea? The Weishaupt flea, sir. It's April 24th. You know, we got a song for folk like you. It's the Weishaupt flea. It's the Weishaupt flea. It's the W-I to the S-N-E. H-A-L-L flea to the Weishaupt flea. Before we all die. Before we lose our lives. From 11 to 5 on the last Sunday of every month at 1882 Adenac. All right, now you know where to go. All right. Eddie Cleanhead Vincent. Yeah, Cleanhead. He's uh, what a, a musician. He's also, um, most people think of, of Cleanhead as being a blues singer, which he was. He had a big, virile voice, and um, he was an urban blues singer, not a country blues singer. 
And, of course, he performed with such greats as Joe Turner, Jimmy Rushing, all this kind of stuff. But he was also an amazing alto saxophonist. And um, he's overlooked for that ability. Uh, he was a lot more sophisticated than people, than people gave him credit for. And what we're going to hear now is him singing on uh, one tune. This is his own composition. It's a funny thing called the Backdoor Blues. And uh, you'll find out why. So he's on vocal here, along with Cannonball Adderley, Julian Adderley on alto saxophone on this one tune, uh, Brother Nat on cornet, and um, Cannonball's rhythm section of the time, Joe Zavinul on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. After we hear the backdoor blues, then we're going to hear a great composition by uh, Cleanhead uh, called Arriving Soon. And he is the alto saxophone player on here. Cannonball does not play on the second tune. And um, it's quite amazing. And the rest of the guys, of course, are there. Uh, Nat Adderley, Joe Zavinol, Sam Jones, and Louis Hayes. So here then, we're going to start with the backdoor blues and then move to Arriving Soon. Both compositions by Eddie Cleanhead Vincent.
across every lot. I took one look behind me. I thought I heard a shot. I made it to the house. Slammed the latch down on the door. That woman's got a husband. And I won't go there no more. I thought she was mine. But she was someone else's wife. I took the front door in And I almost lost my life
We heard Eddie Cleanhead Vincent singing and then playing the alto saxophone on the second tune. And uh, he certainly was a very modern player. People thought of him as, a, as just a blues singer, but um, he was more than that. Um, this, he, if he just sung, it would have been great, but uh, he was also a great player as well. So we heard him with Cannonball Adderley's uh, group. The first uh, tune was Eddie's own composition called The Backdoor Blues, and that featured him singing along with the Cannonball Adderley quintet accompanying him with uh, Julian Adderley on alto saxophone, Brother Nat on cornet, Joe Zavinold on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. Second tune, Cannonball dropped out, and uh, the saxophone, of course, was played by Eddie Vincent, and uh, that was his composition called Arriving Soon. And, um, of course, all, all the same people on that, uh, on that tune. This is from a very hard-to-get album, Eddie Cleanhead Vincent with the Cannonball Adderley Quintet. He had um, been inactive for uh, a while off the scene, and he was in Kansas City, and uh, he was just doing local gigs down there, and Cannonball Adderley and his band, of course, which was very popular at the time in the mid-'60s, um, they were down there doing a gig, and they, they ran into uh, Eddie Vinson, and, and uh, Cannonball said, well, what are you doing? And he said, not, not much, just some local gigs and so on and so forth. And, and Cannonball, who had always been an admirer of his playing, said, uh, I'm going to get you um, into, uh, into the recording studio, and we're going to do a record. And that's how this came about, and it was recorded um, in both Chicago and in New York City. Eddie Cleanhead Vincent. Roy Haynes, of course, is uh, the one of the great drummers in jazz, and um, he has been the leader of various bands. He had a really neat little band in the 70s. Now, Roy Haynes is still very much around. He's, he's 90 years old. He's still playing, and um, he leads a group. But he had this little band in the 70s called the Hip Ensemble, and they didn't play that many gigs, but they did record a couple of albums, and they're hard to find. And uh, we're going to play something from one of the albums, which was the first one that this band made for the um, mainstream label. And uh, it's the Roy Haynes Hip Ensemble. That's the title of the album. And Mr. Haynes on drums with the great George Adams on tenor saxophone, Marvin Hannibal Peterson on trumpet, Mervyn Bronson on Fender Bass, uh, Elwood Johnson on uh, bongo drums, Lawrence Killian on conga drums, Carl Schroeder on electric piano. And um, that is the, that, those are the people that make up the Roy Haynes Hip Ensemble. And this is a tune by Roy Haynes. It's called simply You Name It. And, of course, we're going to hear at the very end of the tune uh, the famous um, anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Actually, George Adams wrote the tune, uh, the, sax the tenor saxophonist. He wrote the tune, and then it's combined right at the very end with Lift Every Voice and Sing by James Weldon Johnson. All right, here is the Roy Haynes Hip Ensemble. Thank you. 
Ensemble, ending another edition of the jazz show. We heard um, a piece of music called "You Name It," written by tenor saxophonist George Adams, and then it segued into uh, the James Weldon Johnson uh, anthem called "Lift Every Voice and Sing." And the Roy Haynes Hip Ensemble, all recorded in 1971. Mr. Haynes on drums with George Adams on tenor saxophone, Marvin Hannibal Peterson on trumpet, uh, Mervyn Bronson on fender bass, Elwood Johnson on bongos, uh, Lawrence Killian on conga drums, and Carl Schroeder on piano. The Roy Haynes Hip Ensemble. So that's it, and I hope you enjoyed the jazz show this evening and what we had to offer. Next week on the jazz feature is one of my all-time favorite alto saxophonists. His name is Woods. No, it's not Phil Woods. It's Jimmy Woods. And it represents the last of our um, features, at least for a while anyway, of underappreciated and lesser-known musicians. Uh, This evening we had Chuck Wayne. Next week we'll have Jimmy Woods. And uh, we'll be playing his debut album called Awakening. And uh, it's an absolutely fantastic album. And Jimmy Woods is a player on the alto saxophone to be reckoned with. We'll tell you more about Jimmy Woods and you'll hear his music next week on the Jazz Feature and on The Jazz Show. Thank you very much for being out there this evening. We uh, appreciate your ears and uh, we hope you appreciated. Um, our music and we'll be back next week Monday at 9 p.m. and we carry on of course until well after midnight every Monday night right here at CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer www.citr.ca my name is Gavin Walker and uh, see you in seven days time take care bye-bye